Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome to episode 377 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight, the main topic of discussion, of course, is going to be all of this drama surrounding the film The Woman King. Not only does the title just sound silly because it's called a queen, people, but also because the film has attempted to whitewash the history of the kingdom of Dahomey, and let's just say the defense of that by some of the stars of the film, including Viola Davis and from the mainstream media outlets, has been just downright atrocious. So tonight, we're going to go into the history of the kingdom of Dahomey using a couple of sources, one of them being New World Encyclopedia, and the other one using Wikipedia. That's right, even Wikipedia, which you really can't trust all that much these days when it comes to subjects like this. Even they have a section dedicated to this very kingdom talking about things that either the film themselves, the film itself doesn't go into, glosses over, and things that even the stars of the movie say, yeah, well, you know what? The most important thing about all of this is that we need to, we need to show the world, we need to show the world that women of color can be, can be at the top of the box office, and this is the only chance that we're going to get. That's what Viola Davis has said. This apparently is the only opportunity, and if this opportunity slips from the fingers of these people, oh, it'll never happen again. There will never be a chance. There will never be an opportunity ever again. Now, of course, this is all bonkers nonsense, and it's going to be worth looking into this history as I mentioned it earlier in the video for the channel, so thank you for everyone who has watched that video. But I wanted to do a, a little bit more of a, a focused deep dive into the actual history, and less so into the actual movie. Because even if you were to grant certain liberties were taken in the movie and say, well, you know, that happens in historical retellings of it, right? What about Braveheart? Someone actually left that in the comment section on uh, one of the videos I made a few days ago saying, well, Braveheart, yeah, but... The things that were left out of Braveheart or that were changed from Braveheart, I don't remember them being as significant as the things from this film. I could be wrong on that. I'm willing to be corrected on that. But let's just say that the changes that were made to this movie, the focus of this film was, was clearly pushing certain political agendas. That was the main goal of this movie, was to try to push certain identitarian nonsense and not at all to care about what is actually true, not to tell an actual true story. And I think it's time for us to, to call Hollywood out, especially when it comes to this movie specifically. But let's say hello to some people in the chat. Before I do, make sure that you smash that like button, not that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. Smash the rumble button over on Rumble. Thank you again for King Kane Rumshki. Hanging out over on Rumble saying, Hello, Odin, the screen on Rumble looks green. Well, it should. It absolutely should. I've got the green light going on behind me. So that, that is absolutely being done on, on purpose. Because today is, uh, for those that don't know, I'm a, a devout traditional Catholic. And so my lighting always represents the liturgical colors of the day. Today is a feria day, meaning there's not a major feast. Though there is a commemoration of a couple of martyrs, St. Eustace and Companions. Uh, but it is officially a feria, and so green is the color 
of the time after Pentecost of which we are currently in. But with all that being said, let us say hello to some people. We got Master of Gaming in the YouTube chat. What's going on? Jake e. Buck, who is a member saying whitewash or wokewash, maybe? I don't know. I think that whitewash is actually incredibly appropriate and also somewhat ironic. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? Low watermark, by the way, six minutes ago. Gone thing started off early. I'll go ahead and refresh this uh, way we can shout him out again. For a $25 donation via Streamlabs, no message, just dot, dot, dot. Low watermark, thank you very much for always your continued generosity. Always glad to have you here, good sir. And thank you for your continued support. We got Snortapoopus Cuber saying, Hello, humans and other quitters. What's going on, Snortapoopus? How is it going? We got Cacao and Cookies Minion. Hail to you. In Disguise is back in the chat saying, Meep, meep. What is going on? How's it going? What's going on? Keely Chow in the chat. What's going on, Keely Chow? Appreciate you. Yeah, I have not followed this all much because I don't really care all that much about G4. I've never been much of a gamer, and so I never knew about them beforehand. My only knowledge of them comes from Friday Night Tights. Is basically the the, the the extent of my knowledge comes from Friday Night Tights. But I will say this much. I'm happy to see that she's gone. I think that a lot of people are happy to see that apparently she has gotten the boot. Mike Jackson, what is going on? Good, sir. Gmonkey76, hail to you. Thanks for being in the chat. We got Empress of the Universe in the chat. Tina, what is going on? Thank you very much for stopping by today, Tina. Uh, We also got Joey Horn, who is a member. Hail to you, Joey Horn. Thank you very much for being here. And yes, indeed, as Tina mentions, please make sure you smash that like button. Also remember, also remember, I do fall behind in the chats. I I read the chats as long as you are tagging me or if you are a member on the YouTube channel. It's one of the perks. Um, No matter what platform you're on, if you will uh, at least tag, then I will be able to... Uh, get to your message. And because of that, I fall usually 20 to 30 minutes behind, as she says right here. Again, thank you very much for that. Gray uh, Greyhawk Native, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. J.S. Pena is also in the chat with a retracted message. What's going on, J.S. Pena? In disguise, what's going on? Welcome back. We got Bruce in the chat. Hail to you. Your average patriot nerd is here as well. Uh, J.S. Pena has says, Joe uh, Frost has been defeated in the words of Leonard Cohen. Hallelujah. Bruce, thank you very much for the hail. I appreciate you being here. Joey Horn, who's a member. She is woman. Hear her roar. Abomination over on Odyssey. What's going on, Odyssey fam? Says, unless Mel Gibson's character in Braveheart was historically murdering the freedom fighters, I don't think it's the same. Yes. Or, or enslaving the surrounding tribes. Or uh, beheading the surrounding tribes. Or removing the jawbone of the slaves of the surrounding tribes. There's a lot of things that it doesn't seem like are similar to the situation going on with the kingdom of Dahomey. To say the very least. Uh, By the way, it looks like I got a donation. Um, I believe that is a five, what is that? Five library tokens from LBRT. Well, thank you very much for that. And it's the Odyssey guy taking a leak on YouTube. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. And Abomination, thank you for hanging out over on Odyssey. Really does mean a lot. Let's see over on Rumble King King Kane Rumshki tag to say, how come you don't say Odin anymore? I do, actually. If you watch any of the videos, I do my box office breakdown videos for Geeks and Gamers. And that's every Sunday. And I have that intro. 
see, my intro on here has never been the olden intro. That That's actually something that was pretty much always exclusively Geeks and Gamers. There may have been a time I did it here, but I honestly don't remember that time all that much. Um, but I still do it. It's just I do it over on the uh, Geeks and Gamers videos that I do, the box office breakdowns that I do over on the Geeks and Gamers channel. Alrighty then, let's go ahead and get back into the YouTube chat. Nearside Cyclops, what is going on? Thank you very much for being here. Exactly, the always incredibly accurate Wikipedia. That's the, that's the point of it, right? Because I've got a uh, I've got a source, right? New New World Encyclopedia. So I've got that as my primary source. But don't forget too, I'm going to be using Wikipedia the way that it should be used, which is you don't just read the summaries that someone wrote. You look to the actual sources that they're using. Sorry, I had to lower my seat there for a second just because of the fact that I kept running into the table. But now I look really short. All right. (laughs) I need to find a way to stabilize my camera. I need to find a way to do it. It's on one of my monitors, but for some reason, even just the slightest little bump in the table makes everything go wonky, and I don't quite understand it. I don't quite understand it. Physics Channel with Kenny Lee. What's going on? Anything good coming out soon? Movies-wise? Not really. Really isn't a whole lot of stuff to look forward to in the coming months. Just going to be honest there. Let's see. In disguise, time to say the marketing strategy used by the Woman King was used before in a turn adventure film, A Birth of a Nation. Looked, Looked that one up. Yeah, I remember when that film was coming out, but I also remember that that film actually didn't get as much safety and as much protection from the woke community because apparently the lead actor in the movie had been caught in some controversy. I believe it was happening around the same time as the Me Too movement. And so because of that, it kind of got caught up in the crossfire. Doesn't surprise me at all that there was some changing of history, but that I think from what I remember, that I think from what I remember is, uh, is something that was a part of it. All right, Jazz jumped on me like it always does. Let me find out where I was left off. There we go. Kimberly G, what's going on, Kimberly G? Saying hello, saying hey, hello, Dentina, Heimdall, Stefan, chat. Happy Tuesday, happy Tuesday to you. We got just another red shirt in here as well. Shorty Short, what's going on? Laura says, I would have been here on time, but I had to sit through 1,000 ads. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. I, I, I did not set 1,000 ads, and so I don't know why YouTube had to play 1,000 ads. But then again, it does support the channel, so... <laughs> It's, it's hard for me to complain all that much. John Evan Bear, what's going on? Dean, uh, rather, Dane Crane. Dan Crane, thank you for being here. He is a member on the channel as well. Thank you very much for being here. John Evan Bear then says, Do you think the Woman King Backlash will help make a huge drop in its second weekend? I'm a little more pessimistic about this because I think the general movie audience are a bunch of sheep. And that's basically where I stand as well. It really is kind of up in the air at this point in time as to whether or not the film is going to see the kind of drop-off that it deserves. Based off of the numbers that we have, it did drop 72% from Sunday to Monday. So on Monday, it made $1.4 million. So again, dropping 72% from the previous weekend. Right now, it's standing around $20.4 million. So that's not the largest drop that we've ever seen. Films like Barbarian drop 66%, Pearl 53%, See How They Run 66%, Bullet Train dropped uh, uh, 67% as well. 
Um, let's see. Top Gun Maverick dropped 67% also. But in its opening weekend, Sunday to Monday drop, typically that's an early indicator of the legs of a movie. But it is a little too early to tell where this film will end up because the fact is, at $1.4 million on Monday, the second place movie making $606,000. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see where that film ends up. I would not be surprised. Would not be surprised if the movie has a massive drop-off. But the thing is, if the drop-off is similar to what you would find with movies that typically cost around $100 million or more, like large budget movies, if it's getting a similar drop to that, that would be a very bad sign. And the reason why that would be a very bad sign is because ah, I keep knocking this darn desk. Again, this is driving me crazy. But I don't want it to... It lowers too much. It lowers too much, and that drives me crazy too. I need a new table. <laughs> Problem is, is that one of my arm rest keeps bumping into the table. I think I've, I've bridged the gap there. Anyway, so getting back to what I was trying to say, um, I think that ultimately the number that I'm seeing right now from that Monday indicates that it is seeing some typical drop-offs, but it's if it gets to the point where it's having a 68-plus percent drop-off, which is what you would typically see for films that cost twice as much, that's a really bad sign because this film, though it costs much less, it also didn't make nearly as much as those other films tend to make in their opening weekends. And so that's going to be very interesting to me. So I'm looking forward to what the projections are going to be for this weekend because really you have two camps right now, right? You've got this camp that is being run by Viola Davis, by all of the mainstream media outlets, right? That are really just trying to push and perpetuate complete lies and complete nonsense. They're trying not only to rewrite history, they're trying to make up new history to forward their own agendas while ignoring some of the very dark, again, some of the very dark parts of this kingdom's history, which we will be getting into shortly. Bruce went on to say the difference is real live slavers movie anti-slavery, but is a huge difference. Jagan 75, rather. Hello, Odin. What's going on, Jagan 75? Uh, let's see, your average patron know what's going on. Scott McKenzie, who is a member, hail to you, Keely Chow, says, uh, please pray for Trina, a.k.a. Lasso of Truth. Her mom is in the hospital. Absolutely. Always send out prayers to those who um, ask for them. Here in the Steadfast, what is going on? Thank you very much for being here. But as I was saying, there's also, there's, there's various groups going on right now, right? You have this one group being run by the people like Viola Davis, where they are perpetuating lies while they are trying to make this movie out to be something that it's not. And one of the things that they're really pushing and they're really trying to get people to see the movie for this reason is because they want to make it seem like the future of female leads specifically female leads of color, is reliance upon the financial success of this movie. Not only is that just downright false, not only is that just downright disgraceful to even say that or to suggest that, but it's also clearly a money-making move by Viola Davis. She doesn't really care about that. She doesn't care about any deeper message. She just wants her movie to be seen. And so she's going to create a false narrative. She's going to create a false dichotomy. She's going to create a false perception 
that's going to try to push more people to the theater than otherwise would normally be because people are going to honestly believe her garbage. They are going to honestly believe that everything she says is true when if they just took two seconds, two seconds to do a basic DuckDuckGo or even Google search, they would realize that she is lying about the history of the Dahomey people and that she is lying about what this film is truly all about. Not to mention, of course, it is lying because not only is it just not true, that this is the only chance that they have to, to show that women of color can make money at the box office, but also it's ignoring that, hey, guess what? Guess what's coming out in about a month? Uh, yeah, Wakanda Forever. People have maybe forgotten about that, Wakanda Forever. Guess what? Chadwick Boseman, unfortunately, has passed away, which means that who's, who's left to lead the movie? Oh, that's right. A lot of the female characters from that movie, from that universe. And I guarantee you, guess what? Wakanda Forever is going to be a big moneymaker. May not be a popular opinion. However, I also look at the numbers. I look and see where that first film fell, especially domestically. And I think to myself, yeah, there's a good chance of this movie doing quite well. And compared to The Woman King, oh, it's going to blow The Woman King out of the water. It is kind of interesting as well that there might be at least a portion of us, a portion of our community, who might actually be like, yeah, you know what, I'm actually rooting for... (laughs) Wakanda forever to do well, only to shove it in the face of the Woman King. But again, I digress. Ah, history with Odin, says Laura. Yes, absolutely. My modern major general. Snorri Pippa says, don't worry about looking short. Just tell them you are a dwarf. It's more of just the, the, the image and the framing. I'm not the best of the visual artists when it comes to framing my cameras, but I do care to a certain extent. So it had more to do with that than anything else. Just didn't quite look, just, just didn't quite look right. Uh, yeah, if you're talking about that one from 1915, uh, in disguise, I, I know you don't have to keep on saying it. I, I, I so there is, uh, there was a movie that came out recently that, or rather, within the last ten years, which was the one I thought you were talking about. Um, but yeah, that one's a very well known, very very well known um, use of propaganda, etc. Scott McKenzie, who's a member, says Lupita Nyong'o turned down the Woman King when she found out the truth about the history and the complicity in slavery. And hey, kudos to Lupita Nyong'o for actually having a spine and for actually having morals, to say the very least. And this guy says Braveheart was different marketing when doing history versus myth. Always go with the myth; it's a better story. Ron Howard was rather they did, yeah. And that's why, as I said, even if you were going to make that argument about that movie, which, again, someone in the comment section brought up, it is a very different use and a very different abuse of the taking things from historical truth to just downright lies and misinformation. Over on Rumble, King Kang Rumshki says, How many years do you give Hollywood before it isn't a thing anymore? It's going to be a thing forever, man. I'm just going to be honest. It's going to be a thing forever. Now, what kind of impact does it have? What kind of power does it have? We've already seen that it's lost a lot of its power. There are more and more people now who think for themselves. There are more and more people now who are showing that they have the power of their wallet. And I think that... In the coming years, you might see Hollywood start to change the kind of movies that they make. The problem is, is that we had a couple of years of COVID and and just nonsensical, stupid COVID policies that uh, pushed a lot of these project, uh, productions into a holding pattern. So we're getting a lot of movies coming out in the next year or two that should have come out a while ago. 
And because of that fact, you're going to start to have this, this buildup, this backup of content that would have made more sense prior to uh, the pandemic times, but don't make as much sense now, especially with more and more people being smarter about the things they spend their money on. And so, again, I think that's what's probably what part of what's going on here as well. Am I a coffee drinker, says G-Man? No, I am not. Um, I drink the, like, the Starbucks sugary stuff. That's about it. But I get it from the store. I don't spend it every single day at, you know, an actual Starbucks. Jake and Tag to say, this movie was directed by white woman, Maria Bello, uh, Maria Bello, who wanted to use real history to make a female Braveheart. She decided to use traumatic history to do this and did not care. And she decided, apparently, to lie about it as well. Peruse also said, I bet Davis is getting paid on the back end, and that's part of her motivation. That's what I was trying to say. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind that there is a financial incentive for her trying to get this movie to make as much money as she wants it to make. Abomination over in Honesty says, It might even be possible, after getting tired of Viola Davis's lies, that if Marvel tries to play the black female leads card for Wakanda Forever, people might also be tired of that if it hurts the box office for it. It could be, but as I said... Um, the thing that I would be much more interested in seeing uh, with Wakanda Forever is actually much more it almost being pitted against um, it almost being pitted against the Woman King in certain ways because it would defeat the very nonsense and the very lies that are being perpetuated by Viola Davis because it would be oh here is a movie that's actually doing well unlike what Viola Davis has said. So let's go ahead now and dive into this actual history, all right? This first place we're going to be using is New World Encyclopedia, and its little tagline is, Research Begins Here. All right, Research Begins Here. Let's go ahead and transition over to that screen. All right, so going to read here from this. This is a history of the Kingdom of Dahomey. It says, Dahomey, a pre-colonial West African kingdom, is located in what is now southern uh, Benin. Founded in the 17th century, Dahomey reached the height of its power and prestige during the heyday of the Atlantic slave trade in the 18th and 19th centuries. In the late 19th century, it was conquered by French troops from Senegal and incorporated into France's West African colonies. Dahomey was the last of the traditional African kingdoms to succumb to European colonization. Now, I'm sure that that is going to be the part of the story that this is going to focus on, that this movie focuses on is about the colonization efforts by the French and by the white man, but at the same time, glossing over some pretty important historical facts. Unusual in Africa, unusual in Africa, Tahomey was ruled by a form of absolute monarchy. The king was surrounded by an assemblage of royalty, commoners, and slaves mm, in a rigidly stratified society. Tahomey utilized women in key areas, each male official in the field had a female counterpart at court who monitored his activities and advised the king. Female soldiers called Amazons by the Europeans served as royal bodyguards when not in combat. So this, again, seems to be the focus of what historical relevancy they want to bring into the movie. They don't want to talk about some of the things that we're about to get into. They want to focus on, hey... This was a society built upon a sense of mutual respect, men and women working together, having equal roles in certain ways, female warriors. But we're going to leave out a pretty major part of it, which is that, yeah, most of the wealth that came from, in fact, the vast majority of the wealth that came from this uh, nation 
and how this nation came to prominence was from slavery. It goes on. In the movement of African decolonization following World War II, Dahomey became an autonomous republic, gaining full independence in 1960. The Republic of Dahomey changed its name to Benin in 1975. Some history. The origins of Dahomey can be traced back to the Fon people of the interior of the African continent who banded together in a conglomerate in order to oppose the political authority of the Yoruba people of Oyo. Technically an official subject of the Yoruba of Oyo, the Fon people were forced to pay tribute to their political conquerors and were subjected to cavalry raids made by the Oyo armies in order to supply the slave trade. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you telling me? Are you telling me that there was a slave trade in Africa? No, that, that's a European thing. That's just what America did. Only America and the Europeans were involved in the slave trade. No, you can't tell me. No, African tribes. No, no, you, you, no, you can't say that. Uh, history, people. Start to learn it. In order to unite the Fon people in opposition to the Yoruba, leaders who rose to positions of power capitalized on the ability to perform well on the battlefield. With military skill being prized as the ultimate expression of authority, the king of the Fon came to embody uncontested authority, and his will was enforced by the army. King Wegbaya, Wegbaja rose to power roughly uh, 1650 and came to embody the militaristic values that had become embedded among the Fon people. Based in his capital of Abomey, uh, and his successors succeeded in establishing a highly centralized state with a deep-rooted tradition of autocratic centralized government. Economically, Wigbaja and his successors profited mainly from the slave trade. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, that's a little inconvenient. And relations with, wait a minute, slavers along the Atlantic coast. As he embarked on wars to expand their territory, they began using rifles and other firearms traded with French and Spanish slave traders for young men captured in battle who fetched a very high price from the European slave merchants. Wait a minute, so you're telling me, you're telling me, hold on, you're telling me that not only were there slaves in these African nations, but wait, they actually sold these slaves to the Europeans? Wait, I thought the movie was all about them fighting against the slave trade. I thought it was all about power to the people, right? The strong female warriors meant to fight slavery and, and fight the white men. Oh, wait, but they were a part of it. Wait a minute. That, wait, they, they got rifles and firearms as they themselves tried to expand? Wait, I thought expansion was a bad thing. Sir, are, are, wait, wait, are we supposed to now say... Is Hollywood now telling us that, hey, if you are a tribe native to a certain nation, you can expand all you want. You can you can tear down the walls of any other nation next to you, any other tribe next to you, and you can even enslave them, and that's totally fine. But, but God forbid if someone from another nation with a different skin color does the same thing. Now, I think anyone with a mind would say, okay, both of these things should be condemned, right? Enslaving anybody for any reason is an evil, is a grave wrong. But as you can see, there's some inconveniences here, right? There's some inconveniences to this story that I'm sure get glossed over very quickly. Later expansion of Dahomey towards the coast met with resistance from the Alephin, or ruler of Oyo who resented the political and economic rise of their subject. Soon after the march to the sea, the Elephant of Oyo sent cavalry raids to Oyo, 
1726, completely defeating the army. Later cavalry invasions, 728, 29, 30, in which Oyo proved successful, hindered the plans for coastal expansion. Expansion? Expansion? Oh my goodness. Is that colonization? But wait, colonization can't possibly exist within, within, within the continent of Africa, right? You, you can't possibly say that there was an expansion of these, of these tribes and of these kingdoms. No, it was, again, it was just the Europeans that did this. Apparently not. In 1902, Dahomey was declared a French colony. In the movement of African decolonization towards World War II, Dahomey became autonomous. We talked about that earlier. Dahomey has been featured in a variety of literary works. For example, In Dahomey by Paul Lawrence Dunbar, produced in 1903, was the first all-black musical performed on Broadway. Interesting. In 1971, American novelist Frank Yerby published The Man from Dahomey, a historical novel set partially in Dahomey, which introduces rich Dahomeyan culture to the reader. Rich culture. And what is a part of that culture? One would have to, of course, ask. This goes into the different kings of Dahomey. All right, the different kings of Dahomey. Let me try and see if I can find some of the, uh, let's just say some of the, the juicier things that were going on here during this time frame. All right. Let us see. <laughs> there you go, from 1895. All right. All right. Let's talk about these Amazons. All right. Here we go. The Dahomey Amazons. This is what the film is all about, right? Fun facts. The Dahomey Amazons were a fun, all-female military regiment of the Kingdom of Dahomey. They were also named by Western observers and historians due to their similarity to legendary Amazons described by the ancient Greeks. King uh, Hajabaja. The third king is said to have originally began the group, which would become the Amazons as a corps of royal bodyguards after building a new palace at Abomey. Uh, Hojabaya's son, King Agaja, developed these bodyguards into a militia and successfully used them into Homi's defeat of the neighboring kingdom of Savi in 1727. European merchants recorded their presence as well as similar female warriors amongst the Ashanti. For the next hundred years or so, they gained a reputation as fearless warriors. Though they fought rarely, they usually acquitted themselves well in battle. So used rarely, or fought rarely. From the time of King Getzo, Dahomey was, uh, became, became increasingly militaristic. Getzo placed great importance on the army and increased its budget and formalized its structures. The, Amara, the Amazons were rigorously trained, given uniforms, and equipped with Danish guns obtained via what? The slave trade. Oh my goodness, the slave trade. But they couldn't possibly. They couldn't possibly. By this time, the Amazons consisted of between 4,000 and 6,000 women, about a third of the entire Dahomey army. European encroachment in West Africa gained place, gained pace during the latter half of the 19th century, and in 1890, the Dahomey king uh, Bahanzin began fighting French forces, mainly made up of Yoruba, who the Dahomeans had been fighting for centuries. It is said that many of the French soldiers fighting in Dahomey hesitated before shooting or bayoneting the Amazons. The result of the delay led to many of the French casualties, ultimately bolstered by the French Foreign Legion and armed with superior weaponry, including machine guns. The French inflicted casualties that were ten times worse on the Dahomey side. After several battles, the French prevailed. Legionnaires later wrote about the incredible courage and audacity of the Amazons. The last surviving Amazon died in 1979. And as you can see, these all come from Encyclopedia Britannica and BBC News Online and further sources. So, tons of stuff going on here. Let me see if I can find uh, one of the lines here that I was uh, quite 
struck by. Maybe it wasn't in this one. Maybe it was in another article. But regardless of any of that, let's see. Uh, door decorated with three noseless heads. Well, that sounds pretty interesting. An Amazon warrior striking her head against a tree. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> uh, but regardless of that, the point, of course, has been made. This is not some peaceful, loving, oh, we are just so good tribe. This was an expansionist tribe that, as a part of its expansion, enslaved the people they conquered, sold those people into the slave trade within their own country and amongst the Atlantic slave trade, and yet this movie, The Woman King, is supposed to be a story about how they're supposedly heroines? How they are supposedly the good guys? How in the world do you coincide that? How in the world do you make that make any sense whatsoever? One last piece of history here. This is, again, from Wikipedia. But, of course, we're going to look at those sources because that's the most important part. But about slavery specifically in Dahomey. Both domestic slavery and the Atlantic slave trade were important to the economy of Dahomey. Men, women, and children captured by Dahomey in wars and slave raids were sold to European slave traders in exchange for various goods such as rifles, gunpowder, textiles, cowrie shells, and alcohol. Dahomey used magical rituals for slave trading. Prior to being sold to Europeans, slaves were forced to march in circles around the, quote, tree of forgetfulness, so they would lose memories of their culture, family, and homeland. This coming from a uh, book, Slave Trade, uh, from Heinemann Library. The purpose of this ritual was to prevent the spirits of the slaves from returning and seeking revenge against the royalty of Dahomey. Oh, maybe because of the fact that you had enslaved them and were selling them to Europeans, of whom, of course, are the villains in all stories when dealing with slaves. Other war captives who were not intended to be sold to Europeans remained in Dahomey as slaves. There they worked on royal plantations. Wait, I thought I thought only America had plantations. Wait, you're saying, wait a minute. Oh, are you telling me that Dahomey had plantations of slaves? Yes. Yes, I am saying that. There they worked on royal plantations that supplied food for the army and royal court. And this is where it gets really interesting. And they were reserved for human sacrifice in the annual customs of Dahomey. That's right. Not only did they have slaves, they sacrificed these people. There was a history of human sacrifice using slaves. Here is the source if you want more information. 800 slaves sacrificed in tribute on the death of Getso, the great slave king of Dahomey. They sacrificed 800 slaves. 800. But you know what? I, I bet, I bet, I bet the movie covers that, right? Again, the movie says it's based off a true story. It, it says that it's based off of a real thing, right? You know, we have a... Uh uh, you have Viola Davis going out there to say, hey, this is all about strong women, and, and if you want strong women of color to be at the top of the box office, you need to support this movie. I'm sure that all... Wait. Wait, no, it's not covered. Oh. Well. 
That's a bit of a problem now, isn't it? That's a bit of a problem because you see, if you actually go into the history of this story, I think this is a story that should be told. I think that this is a story that needs a good director and writer to tell the whole story. Because the problem is is not that this story is being told. It's not that there's being this story about these strong female warriors. The problem is, is that they are pushing this to push a certain modern age, current day, political agenda, while glossing over key historical facts that not only downplay the point that they're trying to make, but also contradict the entirety the entirety of the woke left's position of the last several decades as they've continued to push various nonsense into history courses within the public education system, etc., trying to downplay actual history. This is the kind of stuff that they want you to gloss over and ignore. Maybe, just maybe, it's that there was evil on all sides of this. Maybe, just maybe, there is not just the slavery aspect, but Lord knows that there's probably also racism on both sides of this equation as well. But that's the problem. We can't express and show that this was something that was not unique to white people, as they would want us to think, but rather this is something that was prevalent. Again, I think that this story needs to be told. I think that this story needs to be told. And know what? While we're at it, not only do I need, not only do I want an actual real-life story of Dahomey and all of the good and all of the bad, if there is even good, it's hard to see that really at this point, let's also tell the true story about the Incan Empire. I think that part of this was actually already told in, uh, in a film by Mel Gibson. I thought that he did a pretty interesting job uh, expressing what life would have been like uh, during, during this time. Uh, I would love to see actual real history of even some of the Native American tribes as well, because I'm sure that there are other stories similar to this. The point is, is that this is not something that was specifically unique to white Europeans. But anyway, I digress. Went off on a bit of a tangent there, but it's important, right? I said I was going to talk about how they are clearly whitewashing this history. They are clearly just going, nope, we're not going to talk about it, not even going to mention it. And if we do, we're going to gloss over it. Apparently, there's a line in the movie where they kind of mention the thing about slaves, and they kind of say it in a critical way. But it's clear from the history here that I've just read for you, from both, again, New, NewWorldEncyclopedia.org, and then even the Wikipedia article, which itself has as its sources, legitimate sources, and if any place is going to change this history, Wikipedia, guess what, would be the place to change it, At least be honest. Viola Davis, at least be honest. Own up to what your film doesn't say. At least own up to it. But the problem is is that the images that I've seen of her social media communications have not just been about trying to say that this movie's all about trying to show that even women of color can be at the top of the box office. But after every single tweet, she puts the Dahomey name. She, she puts the Agoji warriors. She puts the names of these warriors in there and acts as if they are heroines that should be praised. The problem is that it goes against the very thing that they have been criticizing, right? It's the same logic 
that they use when they say, oh, we can't talk about the founders of America in a positive light because they owned slaves and they had this or that. Okay, I'll grant you that once you teach and grant that these issues were not unique and specific to America and actually even existed in a very prominent way amongst African nations themselves. The Kingdom of Dahomey is a great example. As it said very clearly, they enslaved the various tribes that they conquered around them, children, women, sold them into the slave trade uh, of the Atlantic slave trade. So spare me. Please spare me. The woke ideology. It's time that we break everything of the nonsense and of the falsity perpetuated by Hollywood. Anyway, let us see. Honestly, I saw there were some conversations, but no one tagged me. Again, just put at Odin the very beginning of your comments. If you have a comment or question that you want read aloud, but we got at night hanging out over there as well. Um, Let's see. Who else is over there? I think it was just Abomination and at night. There we go. Cool. So again, at oh, the very beginning of your comment, if you have a comment or a question, let us get back into the chat to see what y'all have to say about all of this. Please make sure that you smash this like button, love that fire button on Odyssey, and share this video. Lord knows this video probably is not going to get a lot of traction because uh, I'm just, you know, spitting some, some, some inconvenient truth bombs, one could say. Uh, see, In Disguise says, when they did go to war, the woman lost quite badly, 70 to 1. Interesting. Well, that wasn't mentioned in the history, so I can't confirm that. Uh, J.S. Pena says, they should have they should have recast it to T'Challa. I mean, they did it with Dumbledore when Richard Harris died. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those tricky things, though, where I understand an argument for recasting, but I also understand an argument against it. Um, I, I do think having a movie where you kind of pay respect to not the character, but the actor, I think is incredibly important. At least just that, that that's just the way that I usually perceive it. When it comes to Harry Potter, I don't know. I, I guess that the, the logic that one could use is that that train was already rolling so quickly and so fast that they, they basically had, like, they, they, their hand was just being forced to do so. And, and there's no way that they could have continued it on without him in it. Whereas with the way the MCU is set up, because they're already taking so many liberties with the comics in general and with the source material in general, they can not just recast, but they could say, we don't even need T'Challa. We can just have a brand new person take on the mantle and, you know, you know, it it be damned about whether or not, uh, you know, it's based on reality or not. So Uh, Let's see. Abomination, thank you very much for the uh, donation. Thank you very much for the library token donation. I appreciate it. All right, back into the chat. J.S. Pena says, I guess Viola Davis wasn't joking when she said she was playing herself in Suicide Squad. No, doesn't sound like it at all. Super says, hey, what is up, my dude? What's going on, Super? J.K.D. Buck, what's going on? Thank you very much for being here. Soul Assassin, what's going on? JKD Buckers, a member, says, Might as well make a movie about Ted Bundy when he was employed as an operator for a suicide hotline or a biopic about John Wayne Gacy's career as a clown. Yeah, might as well. Scott McKenzie adds, There still is a slave trade in Africa. There are estimates of worldwide 40 million slaves today. Well, um, 
I think the last number I saw was there are as as far as we know, I think about twelve point two million in forced labor, uh, which is modern day slavery. So my I, I kind of wonder if uh, if that's only using that specific identif- identifying mark of it being forced labor, like human trafficking's forced labor, versus maybe a separate category for actual slavery. I don't know why you would have those two separate because they're very clearly connected. But it's millions of people. Yeah, I mean, there's millions of people that are enslaved today. Just look at China. Again, people don't even want to bring that up. The fact that we know that there are concentration camps in China as we speak where the minority Muslim population is being not only forced into labor, but also people are going missing, having li- having organs harvested against their will, being murdered, and yet we do nothing. It's just, again, we probably need to start holding our leaders accountable. We should probably start to actually... Uh, change the way our system's set up, right? You know, we have all these different debates that usually happen and they're very forced and they're very safe and fixed. Maybe we need to start saying, no, you know what? We're not going to do that anymore. We want you to actually face real people and not just people that you've, you know, excuse me, that you've actually, you know, chosen because you want them to ask you certain questions. We need to instead be like, no, no, no. Let's talk about what's going on right now in China. What are you going to do about it? Are we going to say, all right, we can't get involved with anything. Let's let's get out of it. Let's bring the money back home and let's invest that in, in, into our own people, into the own problems that we have here. Or if you're going to play policeman of the world, why is it that you're picking and choosing where to do that? You're perfectly fine to go into a Middle Eastern country where you don't have as much of a concern about economic ramifications and other ramifications. But when it comes to China, where we know there's a massive amount of human rights violations going on. Oh, no, we can't do that. Can't Can't go into that. Can't talk about that. It, it's maddening. It honestly, it's just, it's so infuriating. Flames on the side of my face from one of the greatest films of all time. If what Lane C. Titus say, I love how you said Calvary in, uh, rather than Cavalry. Oh, did I say Calvary? <laughs> Cavalry. Uh, that's what I should have said. Thank you for catching that. Again, I was, I was kind of on a roll. Chris Mack, what's going on? Welcome to the chat. Thank you for being here. Laura says, Odin, this is a this is a horrible bedtime story. Can we read something else? Well, it ain't bedtime where you are. I know that much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll have to end with, with a little bit of lighter news towards towards the end, right? <laughs> oh man. Let's see. Scott McKenzie. I wonder if they will teach this in schools. Probably not. I will say this much, though. Whenever things like this are, are popular culture, right? Things like this make the rounds in the media, etc. If it ever comes up in a class, I always... And, and here's the thing, too, right? Because some people don't know this about me. I'm a very straight shooter. There's very few things that, that I won't, you know... If, I, if I'm asked a direct question, especially by a student, like, there's very few things that I won't say, right? If it's something where it's like not appropriate for me to talk about, well, then obviously at that point, I'm not going to. But if it was something like this, for instance, right? If, if someone, if a student were to ask me, hey, have you, you know, are you planning to see the woman king? It looks so good. Everything looks amazing about it. These these people are amazing. I would step in and say, oh, well, did you actually know that these people were active in the slave trade, etc.? Like, because I think it's so important for especially our, our young kids to know what actually is going on, what real history actually is, to know all sides of it. 
the the problem with it is that you hear that said all the time from 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 the woke left right from the identity politics left they're like we just want the whole history and the whole story to be told i'm okay with that the problem is as though it has to be applied in all directions because they will say that and say that's why we need to talk about the evils of slavery in the founding of this country it's like okay but then what about this or, or, or what about some of the other things, some of the ugly sides of the civil rights movement that we, again, glorify because ultimately as an entirety of a movement, there are so many good things to mention, but there's a lot of dark side to that as well. There's a lot of demons that some of the leaders of the civil rights movement had to deal with themselves. So again, if we're going to apply it to to one thing, we should apply it to all things is, is kind of my, my general... Uh, premise, as it were. Exactly. Wikipedia. Uh, Orange Hat Reviews, what's going on? Good sir, welcome back. I appreciate it. That is right. In just a couple of days, it is indeed the birthday of Bilbo Baggins and Frodo Baggins. Something nice to think about. That's, th- there we go. That's our nice thing uh, that we might be able to end on today. Someone remind me if we, we get to the point where I'm not trying to run through as many comments as I can. Uh, Odin has turned it up to 11 tonight, says G-Man. Yes, in, in many ways, I have. Mr. Roy, what's going on? Good, sir. Welcome back. Glad to have you here. 300 was more historical, says In Disguise. Ugh, don't even bring it up. Uh, heck, Meet the Spartans was more historically accurate, says Laura. <laughs> Kelly K says, that's called a rant, Odin. Yes. Yes, it is. I don't go on those kinds of rants very often, but this one has definitely uh, grinded my gears quite a bit. Especially when, you, I mean, I, I think that uh, there was a really good uh, article, and I, I, I featured it in my uh, my video from earlier today when I did uh, a box office preview, um, but also when I when I brought up some of the um, some of the the main issues and some of the main points. Uh, in, in a review that was mentioned on Bounding Into Comics about this very uh, movie, uh, especially since you have Viola Davis, again, saying we have to take license to entertain people, but to what extent? Um, but in that review, and again, this is this is where, it, it, uh, where I found this from. So again, I think that this is especially something that is, is incredibly uh, just disturbing. Uh, so we'll, we'll bring this up. This, I think, will be the last news story we'll talk about. So this is from Bounding into Comics. And this actually is referencing, so History versus Hollywood. So this is one of the sites that is being referenced in this article where it says, okay, here's what Hollywood presents, but here's the actual history. So it says here, there are accounts of Dahomey warriors conducting slave raids on villages where they cut the heads off of the elderly and rip the bottom jaw bones off of others. During the raids, they'd burn the villages to the ground. Those who they let live, including children, were taken and captive and sold as a slave. So, as you can see, there are a lot of problems going on with this movie and with, with again, this fake history. That this, this, these, this, these false notions, these, uh, these false concepts and false ideas that are being pushed forward by the likes of Viola Davis and others. Uh, Laura says, I watched that uh, Apocalypto. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, Apocalypto uh, movie. You don't hear about the horrors in modern day woke history classes. No, you don't. Yeah, you you don't typically hear about the human sacrifice element. I I mean, that was really new to me, too. I, I didn't know that human sacrifice played such a major role 
in at the very least the Dahomey kingdom, let alone the various African kingdoms, because I knew it played a major role here in the Americas, right? When we talk about the, uh, the Aztecs, especially, right? The Aztecs were, were notorious for human sacrifice. And, uh, you know, one of the scenes in that movie that really honestly just, it's so disturbing, but I think, again, so important to actually show visually is you literally have uh, people who are being beheaded on the top of these, these essentially these pyramids, right, where there's all the stairs. So, you know, whenever you go to some of these ancient sites and you see all the stairs going up, well... Again, this is something that is is brings some some nuance to the discussion, brings some some context to the discussion. Where basically these steps weren't meant for walking up; it was meant for heads rolling down after they were chopped off. And uh, yeah, it's it's not something, it's not something you hear all that much talked about. Um, but yeah, Apocalypto I thought was very. And here's the other the interesting thing too, right? How does Apocalypto end? It ends with the, uh, you know, what we would call colonizers, right? But what are they bearing with them? The image of Christ. And I think that that dichotomy, and obviously Mel Gibson clearly had an idea with that. I think that the time in history that he was portraying would not have coincided with with that arrival. So, um, you know, again, something where some uh, historical liberties are taken, but I, I think that that dichotomy is still an important one, which is that we can talk about human beings being, you know, flawed and imperfect, but we can't, again, forget the nuance. Because when we talk about Christopher Columbus, right, that's another name that is oftentimes given all of this hatred and all of this villainy. And yet, when you actually dive into what was going on and, and what he actually did and some of the bigger stories going around you realize that there was actually a very big a big push to try to basically spread moral principles. Cutting people's heads off, for instance, not a good one. Uh, Hardwick says, to be fair, there have been a few there have been a few women who held the title of king. One example is the 14th century King Jawiga of Poland, who is also a Catholic saint. Again, even if they are given that name, it doesn't change the fact that just by mere fact, you can't be, again, king is a male leader, queen is a female leader, so I don't really care that there's been someone who's been called king, doesn't change the fact that ultimately they were factually a queen. Uh, Bruce says they could have done this movie and the tribe could have still had slaves. The ownership of the slaves would have just been an aside to the actual plot. Well, that's just the thing, too, is that they, even even if that was still the case where they show that, to me, it's like, no, no, no. If you're going to show the fierceness of them on the battlefield, you should probably show the fierceness of how they treated others. Again, accounts of them ripping the jawbones off of people. Chopping the heads off of the elderly, selling children into slavery. Those are pretty important things to not <laughs> leave out. Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington, what's going on? Welcome back into the chat. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for, for being here. Great Wuda, what's going on? Your average Patriot nerd says, Amazing Grace, a good 2006 movie about William uh, Wilberforce and his success at ending slavery in Britain. Interesting. Did not know that. Over on Odyssey, Abomination said, Wild Wild West, am I right? <laughs> I don't know about that. 
He then says, I can't remember Apocalypto, but what you just described sounds like the movie Beastmaster. Wonder if it was an inspiration. Could have been. I mean, I wonder if the pyramids in Beastmaster might have been inspired by the same sacrificial history. Again, it wouldn't surprise me because a lot of times the, the films that we have in our, you know, in our pop culture tend to be inspired by actual historical events. So... Um, let's see over on a rumble again. Thank you very much. King Kane, uh, Rumshki for holding down the rumble for it. How many years do you give wokeness before it isn't a thing anymore? Again, similar to the Hollywood question. I don't think there is a time limit. The question is how much influence does it still have? Because keep this in mind, where are these woke powers? Um, where, where are they most collective right now? It's in colleges. And the sad fact, sad fact remains is that way too many kids, way too many young teenagers, because, uh, again, to me, 18 is, is still young, too young to be making the kinds of decisions that they're making, especially when it comes to taking on tens of thousands of dollars of student, uh, student loan debt, which I myself look back on. I'm like, no, I was an idiot. <laughs> again, if I went back with the knowledge that I had now, I probably would have made some very different decisions that would have been better for me in the long run. Um but the problem is, is that because of where these ideas are being perpetuated and where they are being pushed, that is the danger. Because what that does is that it creates and helps to create a, a next generation, as it were, right? Further generations. So until we can get all of these professors out of these colleges, and basically unless we can take back academia, which is going to be quite a task, the only other way I could think about it is just to get away from academia, but that's a problem too, I think, because here's the thing. I think that there should be both, right? I think that while academia is broken, I think it is actually a, a genuine good to keep your children out of it. But I also think that while we do this, we should also be trying to train future professors to take over for and to uh, set up new and to set up alternatives that allow for us to have not only places to send our kids, but also to fight against the monopoly that really exists within uh, larger academia, right? That's what I think is also, we, we can't, basically we can't seed the ground as it were. I think it's, it's good for us to have this, you know, almost Benedict option-like approach of keeping things very centralized and, and building our own communities and our own things, having, again, this this concept of a parallel economy, I think there's a lot of good things to that, but we can't see that ground completely because there are going to be innocent people who have no idea what's going on caught in the crossfire. So, uh, Force of Light Entertainment, what is going on, Force of Light Entertainment? The lovely ladies of Force of Light Entertainment, shout out to y'all. Thank y'all for, for stopping by tonight. I appreciate it. We need to collaborate soon. Harvick says, whenever I hear the word to homie, I think of homie de clown. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Mega Knight says, Chadwick Boseman's brother said Chadwick would have preferred Black Panther to be recast. Interesting. Now, to be fair, that is the brother saying it. And so at the same time as it's the closest familiar relationship likely that we have as a reference point that we could trust or that has said anything about this specific matter we also have to remember that this is not the person himself right you know Chadwick Boseman can't speak for himself anymore so I'm not saying that he's lying I'm just saying that uh, 
You know, we, we have to even take things like that with, with a grain of salt because we can probably think about the children and family of others who claim, hey, well, my parent would have said this or would have felt this way. And it might be well-intentioned and it might even be true, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee that we can rely on it necessarily. Jess Pena says, I understand. Mike uh, Jackson says, thanks for getting me through this long shift. Oh, and hey, no problem at all. Um, some interesting things to, to, to chew on during your shift <laughs> that you got tonight. Uh, JKD Buck says, interesting how Lupita did some study and turned down the main role. That says a lot about it. It does. It, to me, it raises my level of respect for Lupita Nyong'o because it shows, one, she actually will do research for her parts. I think that's a very big thing, and I think that's... I think that's an important quality to have as an actor, right? If you just take a role because they're throwing money at you and it, it you, you're going into it like Viola Davis where it's, oh, no, it's all about the message and it's all about pushing an agenda. It's like, okay, I can't really respect that. And don't get me wrong. I, I like Viola Davis. I think I've gone on record before to talk about how I appreciate her work as an actress. I think she's incredibly talented. I go back to like her first major role as a supporting character in the movie Spotlight. Like that performance is still fantastic and there's so many other roles that she's done where she's great. But just because you're a good actress does not mean that you can't be crazy and say nonsensical stupid things, which is what is going on here. <laughs> so, you know, um yeah, uh but it, yeah, going to Lupita Nyong'o, it definitely raises that level of respect because I think I think uh, Lupita Nyong'o is also talented as well. It's nice to hear that she also has a brain. It seems that this, too, is starting to get the gears going a little bit for some people, right? Because luckily, this history has not been completely whitewashed online. As I showed, it's not hard to find this information. And so I think that because of that, and because of social media's impact, and because of the trending page and all that stuff, right? People have been sharing all kinds of things about what's been trending and everything, I think that this is actually a net gain and a net good because it's showcasing here um, that people are starting to wake up and learn. There's a lot of people that are still in the dark, a lot of people that are still going to remain in the shadows, and there's not much that you can do, unfortunately, right? There's not enough, and there's not much you can do for some people to, you know, basically they can say, I deny this, and you could literally bring it in front of their face, and they would say, I still don't believe it. Uh, there's a great line in a, a very Potter musical. Uh, as you all know, I'm a fan of musical theater. And there is a set of uh, uh, fan versions of Harry Potter called the Very Potter Musical series. And in the first one, it deals with the issue brought up in in the books, right? In the movies uh, where you have the head of the Ministry of Magic, was it Cornelius Fudge? And uh, he is denying that, uh, you know, he's denying that it's possible for Voldemort to be back. And he's like, I, I don't believe it. And so in the musical version of it, they really play that up where um, literally a video is shown to this, the head of the Ministry of Magic. And he's like, even with this new video, I still refuse to believe it. And then later in the musical, uh, <laughs> Voldemort breaks into his office and he says, I still refuse to believe you're back. That's what you have, though. You have people that beyond just this music that are in real life 
so stuck in their ways, so brainwashed that even if you give them all of the information, even if you give them every single proof in the world, they still can't accept it. And it's sad. It really is sad because it shows you that there's this brainwashing that that can happen. And this goes beyond just this this one thing, right? It, it it's it's something that pervades our very culture of, of people who just can't think for themselves, who have no critical thinking skills whatsoever. And that's why it's something that I, I try as best I can to even bring it into my own class, because uh, you know I and I say this, I say don't take my word for it. You know, you know that my goal as a teacher is is to teach you the Catholic faith, but ultimately I can't make you choose this. This is something that only you can choose for yourself. I'm going to try to present to you all of the logical frameworks that I can, all of the logical proofs. Right now we're talking about the existence of God, going through the five ways of Aquinas, for instance. Like All I can do is try to present it as best you can and answer the questions that you have. But ultimately, you have to be the one that starts to think critically and start to ask questions and starts to challenge what might be the norm. I love when there's challenging questions that are brought up. Those are my favorite questions. Those are my favorite classes because normally we have really good discussions. But that ability to have discussions is so lost in the modern world because what happens? Oh, I'm uncomfortable with this conversation. I'm going to go to my safe space. Oh, I'm uncomfortable with this conversation. I'm just going to shout you down and, and just not let you even talk about it anymore. And that is, is really, I think, one of the biggest problems with modern education. The whole concept of safe space, especially, has been so damaging to our kids. Harwick says, To me, the killing off T'Challa feels like Disney opportunistically profiting off of Chadwick Boseman's death. I don't think killing him off is what's opportunistic. I I think the fact that they are going to feature him at all is opportunistic, right? Whether they are having him killed in the actual movie or however it is that they're going to... Again, just having him in it at any point is profiting off of it. So, yeah. Bruce says, have you retrieved the star chips from the P.O. Box yet? I've not had a chance to go to the P.O. Box uh, over the weekends. It's very hard for me to get there because it's only open on Saturday for a short time. I, of course, as you know, have have uh, you know baby Thor. And so I just I typically don't have the time to actually go um, and do that. Also, I've been doing a, a stream during the afternoon when I could go. Uh, with the Salty Nerd crew, the Salty Nerd podcast. But I do plan on going this week because uh, we have kind of like a a field day. We call it games day with with the kids going on on Thursday. And then we have a retreat on Friday, which shouldn't take the whole day. So I should have time to actually go to the P.O. Box uh, this week and retrieve it then. Uh, Speaking of P.O. Box, I have sent out... um, Matt317, if you're watching or watching this later on, I did send out the prize that you won recently in the giveaways channel as a member of the Keeper of the Bifrost and above. I also sent out the winner, uh, Mark, Mark Lizeth. I, I sent out your copy of Punisher. Uh, Curezilla, I don't know if you're here or if you're going to watch this later on, but Curezilla, I still need you to email me, dude. Otismovieblog at gmail.com. Uh, so that way I know where to send your copy of, of Hell or High Water. So... And uh, Orange Hat Reviews, I'm working still on, on trying to find a box that can safely ship the, the book that you want. I think I'm almost, I think I'm almost there. <laughs> Gary Banjo Sandwich says, uh, Odin, a black-based film. Yeah. 
Uh, Laura says, have a long list of atrocities that I learned about through self-study and not in my history classes like the uh, like the rape of Nanjing. Yeah. Um, not only that, but also, I mean, going into just, I mean, um, and, and I know that this is not necessarily the most popular things to bring up, but going into World War II, right? Uh, I think that we sometimes have a problem where we tend to make mythical uh, some of the accounts, and we we don't want to face some of the ugly truths about it. Uh, I think, especially um, looking at what happened with the the dropping of the atomic bombs, that's something that we really do need to address. I really think that's something that we still need to have a we 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 need to have a every time we talk about it, it needs to be a nuanced conversation because we have to understand at that time frame what they were thinking for the time frame that they were. But we also have to keep in mind that it was essentially. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it was essentially weather that caused them to change one of the locations of the bombs. And the location of one of the bombs falling happened to be one of the largest Catholic populations in, in Japan. I, I think that's an important thing to talk about. Again, there needs to be that nuanced discussion, right? There needs to be that nuanced discussion. Because it's not just about ending the war or saving millions of lives. It's also, yeah, but... Does it justify that the killing of, of, of thousands upon thousands of, of innocent people who had nothing to do with what was going on? And that's, of course, a whole discussion for another day. Uh, Gary Banjo Sandwich says, Andor drops tonight! Uh, yeah. And there was much rejoicing? Yay! Mega Knight says, Human sacrifice continues in Mexico and Africa today. Cartels commit human sacrifice, and Africans, uh, African albinos, are targeted for human sacrifice. That, that definitely does not surprise me. Uh, at all and yeah that's why uh, even though it's a movie Sicario does a great job talking about um, th- talking about the 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 big problems amongst uh, the border and the wars that happen within the border for sure Soul Assassin's eventually the Aztecs got destroyed when the Spanish and the tribes they tormented for centuries teamed up against them yeah but can't can't talk about that right can't talk about it in that way uh, Harwick says, Mel Gibson would probably make a much more interesting movie about the Dahomey than Mar- Maria Bello did. Oh, was, Mel Gibson would probably tell a much more historically accurate version of it and then would be called a racist for doing so. That 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 is likely what would be the case. Soul Assassin says, was a, uh, oh, it was a theater kid and I was the kid who was in tech class building the sets for them to use. See, I was the one that did both, though. I, I loved doing not just being on stage, but I also loved doing tech. That was something that I, I always um, I always stayed consistent with throughout all the time that I did theater was I wanted to I wanted to be a master of all traits, right? I wanted to be able to help build the sets, to help work with things behind the scenes, but also to be on stage. I, I, I love both of them. I thought they were great. Uh, let's see, over on Rumble, King Kane, what's going on, sir, says, do you ever ask your students, people, to approve Jesus was wrong about a topic? You might get a bunch of conversations that way. Rather, a bunch of conversions that way. Um, I never word it in that specific way. So basically, uh, the the way that the junior religion works is that we, we start off with intro to philosophy. So we talk about the ancient Greek philosophers like uh, Heraclitus and Thales, Parmenides, Pythagoras, a very and just basic covering of it. And then that eventually leads us to Socrates, to Plato, Aristotle. And then we jump 
far ahead to Aquinas because Aquinas really is the one that's able to kind of bridge some of the gaps that were left behind by Aristotle and by Plato. And I think that it's it's fascinating. But we, we do this and we talk about God's existence as well because before we could talk about morality, which is kind of the crux of this semester, I always say, and it's true, before you can talk about any type of moral law, you got to first establish that it's logical for there to be a lawgiver, right? You need to establish that first, because even if someone doesn't buy it, even if someone doesn't believe it, if they can at very least admit, okay, it's logical and reasonable to hold that, now I can at least understand where some of these moral principles can come from. And uh, and then from there, we build out the the way in which we understand what makes a situation morally good or, or morally evil and other things like that. So um, we have tons of conversations. And one of my favorite things during this uh, semester is we do uh, these topics where it's like things like the trolley problem. And I'm sure a lot of y'all know what that is, where they, they're put into moral scenarios and they have to make choices. They have to make decisions. Do you let five people die on a train? Or if you have the chance to be able to pull a switch and kill one, do you do that? And, and what's your motivation for doing so? Because a lot of students, they start off with kind of a utilitarian mindset. It's just the ends that matter. It's just the end result. But then all of a sudden you start to add caveats and then they start to change, right? Because now you change the five to be, or, or rather the one to be someone that the person knows. And now they're like, I'm sorry, five people are going. It's like, well, why did you change? And you start to recognize, and they start to recognize, okay, it's actually much more about uh, general principles. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love this course. So much fun. And I'm learning a lot too because we're going much deeper into philosophy than we've done previously because I'm trying to prep them for their senior year where uh, the teacher there who just started last year uh, does like a full semester basically on on pure just philosophy, like deep dive into it. So it's been fun to go back into that. Let's see, Tina B. Tag to say welcome. Uh, yeah, if you if you don't if you don't tag, uh, if you don't tag uh, at O to the very beginning of the comment, I, I I don't see those comments. It's not that I'm choosing not to. It's just uh, I have to be able to to get through the comments in in a somewhat sensible fashion. By the way, for the 50 people hanging out on YouTube, still I appreciate y'all for for hanging around. Let's see. Uh, Hardwick says, speaking of those Aztec pyramids, did you know that Planned Parenthood's largest building in Houston, Texas is designed to look like one? Hmm. I did not know that, but I can't say I, I can't say I'm surprised, right? It's the same thing as to when you realize, oh, why are Planned Parenthood facilities in the lowest income areas that also happen to be the highest population of, of African American? Oh, wait. Oh, that's right. Because Margaret Sanger was a race. It's amazing because I have the kids working on morality projects. And so in every class, at least one of the groups has abortion. And I was trying to help some of them out finding, you know, uh, information for the research. Even to this day, there are people writing articles trying to say that Margaret Sanger was not a eugenicist, that, that she wasn't really. And I'm like, what? It's insane. It's insane the hoops that they'll jump through to try to to say something that's just not true. So, anyway. Um, let's see. Input latency says a different type of safe space would be much more beneficial. One where everyone's allowed to present their most absurd ideas and everyone recognizes there's going to be some weird ones. But yeah, exactly. And and that's again I try to make that my class within reason, of course. I, I mean, there have to be standards. There just have to be. There have to be rules. Otherwise, it just kind of goes off the handle. 
Um, he went on to say, everyone goes into good faith and sees. And, and that's why I love about the, the moral scenarios that I put them in and also about their moral projects because I invite them after they've done their research and they've, they've gone through the objective qualities of the subjects that they're, that they're studying to share their own opinion. And I, uh, and I, I know, especially with some of the more controversial subjects, that there's going to be many students that hold positions that are directly opposed to the church's teaching. But I love that because it allows for us to talk about it. And for me to ask questions and say, well, okay, well, why do you believe this? You know, what, what principle has led you to believing this specific point? And it leads to a much broader discussion. And and we've had some really great, I mean, I remember one year, the students long graduated, so I don't mind telling it, um, there, was, there was one year where we had uh, the topic of immigration was brought up, right? Immigration reform, what should that look like? And one of the students shared that they were not yet a citizen, right? That they basically had been in the country for 10 years. Their, their family had been like their family, family was actively working on becoming citizens, but it had been 10 years and they still hadn't gotten there. So even though they were going through all the right channels, they were, were still having to wait this length of time. It was, uh, he, he and his family were from the Philippines and there were people in our class before that story who, when we talked about like immigration reform and, and you know, what should we do some common ground stuff, they didn't have a, a specific position. But then as soon as this student shared their story, they're like, wait a minute, I actually know this person. I know this person. I've known this person for years growing up and I know their family, et cetera. And now all of a sudden it opens up that discussion of, oh, they're humans. They're people. They're people that have value. And sometimes, unfortunately, we can't think of it that way, right? Because we, we, we tend to fall into that sense of tribalism with these things instead of having the more nuanced conversation. Because as soon as that was established, guess what? Now, all of a sudden, we said, we can disagree on policy, but what can we agree on? We need to shorten this time frame. Because... I know this person and this person's a good person and it's ridiculous that this person who's been in the country for 10 years can't vote because of how broken our system actually is. And that's why we need reform. Anyway, those are the kinds of uh, discussions that we have. It's, it's a lot of fun. It really is. Um, let's see. Mega Knight says, look at war crimes of Japanese World War II. We needed the higher-ups to surrender and the A-bombs to do that since firebombing didn't work. If they did, Pacific War would have lasted decades. But again, we can, we, again, we can go through, and that's a whole other day and time. We can go through the, the, all the <laughs> complications with that because that is also a nuanced discussion, right? Because I grant that, but then also, does that justify the killing of innocent people en masse? Again, innocent people who were not supportive of this regime, who were trying to, to, to live their lives, but does it justify that action? A great movie that I think kind of showcases this on a, a smaller scale, but an important one, is Eye in the Sky. I don't know, I don't know if anyone's ever seen Eye in the Sky, um, but it deals with a soldier who is a, uh, a drone pilot, and he's given an order to fire 
a, a missile at this at this location where there is a 75% chance that one of the terrorists they're looking for on the most wanted list is there. And yet, what happens is all of a sudden, there is a little girl who had been in front of this house with her family selling items uh, for several days. And she wasn't there in the very beginning. And now all of a sudden, as the order's being given, this, this girl is there. And this, this soldier has to determine, okay, do I follow legitimate authority telling me to carry out this order, but by doing so, kill knowingly kill this innocent child and innocent girl? It's a very interesting moral perspective and moral problem. Now, again, Catholic morality, we, we would look to that and we would say, no. That because of the uh, because of the way in which that act is being carried out, uh, specifically killing right as one of the consequences of the action, killing an innocent child, that that action becomes a pure purely immoral action. Even if your end and your intention is good, the entire act has been corrupted because of of what unfortunately is is something that's known as collateral damage. I think that's the most evil expression that's ever existed is collateral damage. Human life is not just collateral damage. And I I just don't think we can justify that type of uh behavior. See Dan Crane says I appreciate your understanding on the source uh source material. Your thoughts and comments are appreciated. Dan Crane, yeah, absolutely. Um it, it's something that I definitely think is, is important for us to have full conversations about. Uh, but we are getting close to the end of time. So, again, I'm not trying to cut off any conversations, but some of these things are much more appropriate for, for open forum. But before I get into uh, Fudge, how do you feel about the One Piece film? I've never seen One Piece. So, to be honest, I don't care. I, I didn't even know that it was coming out. So, if you enjoy it, I hope it's good. But I, I have never actually seen it. So, uh, before I get through the last comments, though, I did want to give a shout out. So it's not a sponsorship, all right? Uh, it's more of a, they sent me this item and because uh, I'm actually really interested in this company and I've seen their stuff around and I'm just fascinated by by their their company and what they do. If anyone's ever heard of Movie Palette before, if you haven't heard of Movie Palette, interesting company. So... Now you look at this and you think to yourself, wait a minute... What is this supposed to be? What am I looking at? For those that don't know what Movie Palette is, what they do is they go through some of your favorite films and they take every single scene and whatever the dominant color of that scene is, it has a line. And so what this poster is, is every single scene from the movie Whiplash. But... It's every single scene broken down by the dominant color. So I think it's I think it's just so clever. It's one of those things where you you have it up in your house and someone looks at it and says, "What am I looking at?" And some people might get it right away, but other people it might just be like, "Oh, this is actually an interesting conversation starter." So I want to shout out Movie Palette. They sent this to me for free. Uh, because they had watched the channel and, and and thought that there could be some some benefit to uh, me being able to share this with all of y'all. And uh, also, they wanted me to share that if you wanted to buy your own movie palette, you can get 15% off by using the promo code ODIN15. 
So if this is something that interests you, again, it is definitely niche. It is not something that is going to be for everybody, I know. Um, but I just think it's so unique. Uh, we have so many posters, right? There's so many movie posters that we have, and some of them are really cool. I still, of course, have my discount code for display because I think display's also a really cool idea with the me- with the metal posters. But this one is also it's such a unique concept, and um, and yeah, if you think about some of the most colorful movies that have ever existed, you can get your own movie palette and have it as well. So anyway. To give a, a full, uh, more full example of that. So shout out to, again, to sh- uh, shout out to Movie Palette for sending this my way. And again, if you want to get your own and you want to get some, you know, some of off the price, if you use the promo code Odin15, you get 15% off. And anyway, I chose Whiplash because the colors were, were just popping and... Um, you know, I would love to have gone with one of my more classic uh, favorites, but the unfortunate thing with those movies is that they're black and white, and so uh, the colors are, are not nearly as as dynamic. So um, I think that uh, that's going to be, at some point, it's going to be hung up uh, uh, behind me, so I'm finally going to have some imagery on the wall. Um, but yeah, check it out, moviepal.com, and you can check out to see. It has pretty much every movie that I can think of, and you can see what those colors would look like. So, yeah, check it out. All right. A goat, 1971, says, The Woman King has an almost 100% black cast that qualifies as diversity in woke Hollywood. Producers will point out, uh, point to that to deflect the future racist accusations. That is why it exists. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, right, is that if you look to the casting of the film, and then also I'm sure if you look to the casting of, of the people behind the camera as well, does it actually follow the rules that have recently been put into play at the Oscars or not? Because here's the thing. Diversity is a multi-way street. <laughs> it's not just a one-way street, people. Let's see. Awesome one tagged to put uh, a bunch of green things. I guess that's a commentary on my green background. Scott McKenzie says, yes, we need... Uh, Yes, on need for immigration reform, and yes, on securing the border and legal immigration. Exactly. And that's the thing is typically what you find is amongst legal immigrants, you find a lot of them are very much in support of of uh, of not just reforming the immigration system, but also of maintaining borders. Because if you think about it, think about how much they go through to receive their citizenship, and then all of a sudden now there are people that come into the country illegally and then they just get their citizenship it's like wait wait a minute hold on but we also have to recognize too right not just about our own borders but also what about the people who've been in here for years as i mentioned right this one student their family had been in here for a decade and still hadn't been granted citizenship it's like at that point you you, kind of got to be like okay we need to have a a much better system set up uh, especially for those that are, are are living and working Harwick says here, Margaret Sanger's involvement in eugenics isn't the only thing that Planned Parenthood once brushed under the rug. They also don't mention that she was staunchly anti-abortion her entire life. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, I, I think that also her comments about what she wanted to happen to the uh, to the African race, basically. Again, she was a eugenicist and a racist. It's an inconvenient truth. As uh, is the name of one of the documentaries by uh, said Michael. No, that's not Michael Moore. That's um, that's the one that's by what's his name? Man Bear Pig. 
<laughs> Mike Jackson, do you think the code Odin50 would work? I doubt it. I, I highly doubt it. But uh, Odin15, 15% off. Super Anime Gamer says, I love these. Just hopped on the website, and the ones for Empire, Jurassic Park, and Lord of the Rings are so pretty. Yeah, again, it is definitely something that's unique, but I think that it's a, again, it's a very interesting concept, and it's not like a typical poster. I mean, I, I have so many different posters, and they're great, but this thing is just so unique and so special. It just, again, I think there's just something to it that uh, that makes it just that much more intriguing and interesting to me. And I actually want to hang it up, you know? Let's see. Abomination over on Odyssey says, it's like a barcode for movies. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely looks like a barcode. That's for sure. Uh, let's see. Al Gore. King Kane. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Al Gore. I'm super serial. <laughs> All I can think of is man bear pick though. Uh, but yeah, super. Thanks for checking those out. Use Odin 15 if you want to uh, get some money off of your uh, uh, money off of your order. Forever Sci-Fi says, yep, as a citizen and legal immigrant, I find the notion of rewarding someone for cutting in line an insult back in the line with them all. And again, at the same time, also reform the system that we have so that it's not as insane of a process like it currently is. Uh, Hannibal Graham, I see you in here with the Fosse, Fosse, Fosse. What is going on, Fosse? How's it going? Welcome back. All right. With that, I am caught up right in the nick of time. Looks like there are no more comments over on Odyssey Abomination. Thank you very much for hanging out tonight. And uh, thank you very much, King Kane, for the help. And also for hanging out over on Rumble, as now there apparently are more people watching on Rumble. Yes, I am live every Tuesday and Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, this Saturday, though, will be an exception. I will have my Chosen of Valhalla live stream. That's uh, uh, a stream that I have with my Chosen of Valhalla members. That will be at 12 p.m. Eastern. So from 12 to 3, uh, I'll be streaming on all the platforms again, because why not? Um, uh, you know, I figure, you know, might as well. So get ready for that from 12 to 3. Just know that the Chosen streams, not as interactive with the chat, because my main attention is to the Chosen. But we typically have a lot of really great conversations, and so I highly recommend you check it out as we do have a lot of fun. I watched Dave made a maze earlier. It was fun. Never heard of it, actually. So with all that being said, I want to say thank you to everyone for joining tonight. Hopefully you learned something about this uh, group of warriors, the Agoji warriors of the Dahomey kingdom, ripping off the jawbones. But we're going to end with a positive note. In two days' time, September 22nd, thank you again, Tina, for reminding us all. Um of this that in two days time September 22nd is the birthday of some hobbits it is a birthday of Frodo and Bilbo Baggins and so let us have that as our as our as our fun positive uh note to leave off on because yeah th this history of the Dahomey nation of of the Dahomey kingdom is quite disturbing but it's important for us to talk about it's important for us to know because now I hope if you have any conversation with anybody about this in the future you can say hey Check out this video, or hey, check out this source here, and uh, maybe learn something. Joey Horn, thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. So with all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and, and call it an evening. I need to, to get myself a snack. I don't think I have any more ice cream, unfortunately. Um, but hey, I definitely have some snacks at the very least. By the way, got my wife, Orange Chat. I don't know if you're watching this, but I know you'll appreciate this especially. Got my wife to watch all three of the OG Karate Kid movies. She really enjoyed the first one, enjoyed the second one, and she even enjoyed the third. 
albeit in the same way that I enjoy the third, which is that this is so over-the-top ridiculous that it's fantastic. And we just started watching and getting through Cobra Kai last night. So uh, we're watching Cobra Kai now. Got my wife watching it and very excited to have her involved in, in this series because, as you all know, I'm a big fan of Cobra Kai. So with all that being said, thank you all for joining today. Absolutely, Orange Chat. And Orange Chat, again, the book that you won a while back, I'm going to get it to you as soon as I can. Um, and also, my wife is obsessed with Googling and, and researching things, so she now knows all about uh, Thomas Ian Griffiths, who plays uh, Terry Silver, like knows so much about him and appreciates so much about him. So even though she's like, okay, yeah, his performance is just over the top, because she knows about him, I didn't even know this part. I didn't know he was a trained opera singer, apparently. Um, and then also, too, uh, found out after the third movie, after we finished it, that he had been training in, uh, I think, karate at, at that point and has since had martial arts be a major part of his life. And you can tell from the series because the dude's in shape and the dude's kicks are still phenomenal. And, and you look, you go back to that original movie, uh, to the third uh, Karate Kid movie, and you're like, oh my goodness, this dude can actually, uh, can actually, uh, you know, ho- can actually uh, host it and everything. Um, yeah, it's on Saturday. Yeah, it's on, it's on Saturday, Tina. Yeah, that's, that's why I mentioned it in, in, the, uh, in the Discord. Yeah. That's why I tagged the Valkyrie in there because the Valkyrie have access to that, um, and, that and that's the reason why I did that. Yeah, it's uh, we were th- I was thinking of doing on Sunday because of timing, because of the stream I was doing with Salty Nerd, but I, I'm foregoing the Salty Nerd stream this coming Saturday so that way we can do the chosen because Saturday worked for for more people. So. Anyway, with all that being said, we are having a chosen stream on Saturday, so 12 to 3, join us then. I appreciate it. Uh, I understand, Tina, and that's why, Tina, uh, you and Stephanie need to text me. Now that y'all have my number, please text me, because that is going to make communication so much easier for all of us involved, all right? Anyway, thank you all very much for being here this evening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday, a great rest of your week. And as always, everybody, God bless. And now for a huge shout out for all of my September Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals members. Starting off with my Patreon members, Chris from the 80s, that's his YouTube channel, Garrett Searles, Hymir Irie Hymason, Jeff Toon, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Orange High Reviews, you can also find on YouTube by the same name, Rosetta Allen, YouTube's name is Eagle Rider, Stan Andrian, and Miss Martin Muses, and that is her YouTube channel. Thank y'all very much for supporting me over on Patreon. Also, for all my Subscribestar peeps, Matt317, that's his Twitch channel name, support him there, Storm Tracker, The R, Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, J-Ron, The Beer Guru, and ZK-Man. Thank you, K-Man, as well, and you can find him at xtheboundaries.co, and thanks to all of my Subscribestar members. And lastly, to my Locals members, Locals has definitely been hopping a lot more recently. Uh, shout out to Miss 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 Minnesota hockey fan. How about a hockey player? UAB Mad Dog. Mad Dog? UAB Mad Dog. Mike Jackson for the win. Brett D90. And the amazing lawyer Robert Barnes. Thank y'all for supporting me over on Locals. And an extra special shout out to newer members Joey Horn, who is back once again, and the Empress of the Universe, Tina 
be. And if you want your name shouted out vocally at the end of every single live stream and video, make sure that you support me over on Patreon, Subscribestar, or Locals, and you can find out more information about it on those websites and check out the top link in the video description below if you want to find out more about how to get that, access to podcasts that I do with John the Flick Flickinger, and also how to be featured on the Chosen of Valhalla live stream, which I do once a month with my Chosen of Valhalla members, and it's always a lot of fun. Anyway, that's going to be it for me today. You guys all have an amazing rest of your day. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Beautiful people. And as always, God bless.